Welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life. And in the last couple of episodes, we have talked about how to approach very difficult times. And we've said some challenging things. We've said that it's important to remember that we are limited human beings. We can't always have control. We've talked about the, uh, the, the problem of emotion, intense emotions like anger and fear and how they can uh, get in the way of our perspective or even, as we talked about in our last episode, 89, contaminate our intuition. On the other hand, we've also talked about how important it is to maintain an attitude of hope. How do you do all those things? That's a big question, and we're going to attempt to answer it today uh, on this episode of The Survivor's Guide to Life. So. Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host. Joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein, or Peter as he likes to be called, who's a coach and mentor with almost 50 years of experience helping people in the field of trauma recovery. Our podcast provides practical information and skills for resilience and personal growth during challenging times. Above all, we want to inspire our listeners to find hope, courage, and strength to succeed and move forward in times of adversity. Very good. Boy. That was a new one. I pulled it on you. Really? That is good. She's getting better at this every week. <laughs> the other one was getting long, and it was getting a little old. And I think we always felt when I got done saying that, that we had been maybe a little too... We didn't want to come across as glib. No, not, not for what the subjects we, we uh, talk about. But I, I, I like the way you're, you're just kind of getting better at this all the time. Okay, let's hope. So, and I, I just let, <coughs> I let Jenny, we, no matter how much preparation, I, I let her set the, the, the budget of the, and I don't mean money, but I mean the parameters of the show, and, and I think she does a beautiful job, particularly reiterating things that I say in a, in a much more concise um, way and more focused. I love that. Anyway, I think she's doing a great job. Um, well, we've I prepared and I've been warned. You know, everybody that knows me and knows what's going on, they say, don't prepare so much. And uh, I believe them, but I, you know what? Once I start looking at the material, the things that I've written, things that we've talked about, it, it, it stimulates me. And I start looking at it and go, I like this stuff. This is good things, and I need to be reminded just like anybody else. But once I get into it, we've written so much. You know, we probably should do another book. We have so much information that we've written and uh, for professional journals, for newspapers, for ourselves. Uh, really good stuff. And once I read it, I go, this is really good, and I'm interested in it again. And considering the kind of challenges we face in our work and our, our lives, it, we all need reminders, and I think that's the beauty of what we're talking about here. Um, and it brings an element of humility, I'll tell you that, and it's, and it's needed, because we can really sound, particularly me, like I am the expert and I have nearly 50 years of experience, it's true, as of September. Um, but honestly, you can't be the ultimate expert at something like this all the time, because to make you really good at this, you have to have empathy. You gotta have life experience. It just can't be something that you get out of some training manuals and some uh, supervised work. It's, it's just not enough. You gotta have a lot of experience for this. Well, 
I got a, a few years. Jenny's got a few years. Uh, and I can talk about these things a lot. And I can make a bridge between certain certain situations where we've learned so much and seeing how that really pertains today and what we see going on today. Um, we started these podcasts long before um, this particular, this this pandemic, this crisis that we're all facing. Um, quite, and, and, you know, and look at it, it was almost prophetic, the kind of things that we talked about, what it would take to manage ourselves through this and to reap the rewards, believe it or not, of these difficult challenges. That's a hard one to convey. But yet, being in the in the work that we've been involved in and the, the people that we've been involved in and the difficulties uh, and the folks that we work with that also do it, there is a certain, there's so much to, that we have to learn about ourselves to be resilient, to be able to come back to very difficult situations and have a clear head and not let our emotions and our energies um, carry us away in the wrong direction. We have been trained and developed work and built it on many other people's work that will enable people to be able to diffuse these built-up emotions and, and tra uh, effects of trauma. Um, so we know how to do it and we do it for ourselves. We do it for our, our staff. And, um, we take care of our own and it really pays off. We don't have much turnover in our staff. No, we don't. You know, you hear about that. Well, we don't. In fact, during this time, we've actually hired more people. It, it's not just because uh, we have many more uh, clients, it's just that we could see that we could use it and we want to train more people and it could make our life a little easier during some very difficult times and difficult work. So I think we do know what, that, what it takes and yet we have to go through the same emotional burdens as anybody else. And uh, that's the key, is that Life keeps us pretty humble too, so we can go from helping you and sounding like we really know what we talk, what we're talking about. And the truth is, we may and we do, but there, you got to keep this other element in this too, that other people can come alongside us too at times that we need that, and our staffing and our institute. That's what we do, and it's very important. It's not always painless either, and we are in a, the kind of work that we call um, an extraordinary reality. Um, first responders, doctors, nurses, uh, counselors, people that work in trauma recovery, um, live in a different world than most people. And we've done it either by choice, or we've done it because family members, loved ones, uh, people we cared about, um, needed our help. And all of a sudden you had the choice of either running away and um, not dealing with it, not helping anybody, or facing it and coming to grips with it. And uh, we've chosen, and the people that work with us, and we know many all over the country, I'll be honest with you, um, aren't runners. They're the people that engage with trauma recovery, deal with death and dying and sickness. Um, and I know some marvelous people. I talked to one this today, in fact, from Florida, and uh, is Michael. And we're gonna have him as a guest. Um, we're going to do a Zoom interview with him, and he works for a hospice, uh, mar wonderful guy, a lot like us. And uh, when I talked to him, we talk he told him what we what we're doing, and he's so in t taken by what we do. He's done research on us before he even met me. Mm 
mm. and he says, I, I know what you do, and I'm, he, he was honored. Well, I'm honored to have him, mm -hmm. because he's quite a guy, and he really has a heart. He's got good sense about him. He knows uh, when situations are bad, and I don't mean death and dying, but where he's with people that really just suck the good energy from us. And he, he knows you can't afford to do that when we have to put our energies into more important things. Um, he's a pretty down-to-earth guy and a, a lovely guy. And we're going to have him on soon. Yeah. Um, I look forward to it. We had a wonderful call. But he knew exactly about the extraordinary realities. He, he doesn't call it that. But he's in the midst of it and has been his, that's his career. Mm -hmm. Well, what we discover is that's not for everybody. And most people take a, would take a look at this and understandably, and go, this is not for me. These people, this situation, if I have a choice, I'm out of here. Because it's the heart, it's the more difficult conditions of life that we are either called to do or choose to be involved in that are very, very hard on people. And yet, it's part of life. And we know that. And so we learn through it and we grow from it. But now we're seeing that some, our whole society has been set up to be dis, distractive and to keep people away from dealing with and facing the harder things and more serious things in life. I can understand that. I need some of that. I can't deny it for self-care. But I also know to make a lifestyle of it, which is what's happened in our, certainly in our society, then when things really hit and there is no distraction from a crisis as, as enormous as this pandemic and, and also the offshoots of it, the anger, the, the, uh, uh, the adversity that I see coming out of it. Um, I expected it, unfortunately, and it is happening. And so I, I look at all of that and I, I think people are prepared because they didn't want to be. They didn't want to have to deal with this. Now it's thrust in their, in their faces. And it's very hard to get away from it this time. So for most of the folks that have chosen not to have any part of the sickness, death, dying, facing that kind of anxiety, which is really based on a fear of dying and death, um, this is a hard time, and it's on a mass level. You came in this morning uh, talking about this and uh, wanting to, to talk about it today on the podcast of what you're seeing so much of uh, right now are people who uh, are in a... Um, a mindset that's stuck in some ways in a negative place, um, angry or bitter or resentful or fearful uh, in the situations, the circumstances that we're finding ourselves in today in the pandemic and any other personal struggles, financial, relational uh, that are so happening across that's the world so now. Yeah. And what you wanted to, to go, go with today was this challenge of converting your uh, a negative mindset to a more positive one. Um, how do we, if we're feeling angry, resentful, how can we make a shift to, as you said at the very beginning of the podcast, to having some empathy, having some compassion. Um, and your point in, in that too was that, as we said, life humbles us. And then uh, if we can learn from that, we can come alongside others and help them. And then they in turn could come alongside and help us. Mm -hmm. So I think the question that, that we were gonna really try to dig into today mm -hmm. is if you find yourself in a negative mindset, 
First, what's the first step? And I think you usually say it's becoming aware. Yep. And How not, do not aware of other people, aware of what you're feeling and what you're going through. And um, that's, that really is the first step in a, in a process of self-discovery. And right now we're talking about self-discovery as being a survival tool. It's so important. Um, we know because of the work we're in and the, work, and the people we know who are in this kind of work, um, they have to do that or they're going to burn out and they're going to leave the field. But it's, it's important. The work seems to, as something that's a, a very similar, is it throws us back on ourselves after a while in the sense of we don't have control over all the situations that are coming at us. And uh, let's be honest, I mean, that's a real uncomfortable position to be in. And for do-gooders like us, it's really painful because we go and we want to help people. We we have good intentions, but those good intentions don't last very long, because when the realities hit, they wear us down, and we have to come to a point of realizing. Many times, and I find it painful plenty, up right to this day, um, where I wish I could do more, and I feel so helpless when I'm watching people sick and dying and struggling and in pain. And I'll tell you the truth, I don't have all the tools I wish I had. In fact, people say, you couldn't do more. You do so much already. And the truth is, there's a part of me that wishes I could do more. I, I hear you, I hear you. And I know one of those people who have said to you, you are doing everything you can, but I also know what you mean, that you want to do more. I wish I could. We no. gotta take a break. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Peter and I are talking today about, well, we're looking at, in difficult times, how do we move from a negative mindset to a more positive or constructive mindset. And just before the break, Peter was describing the first thing that needs to happen, which is to become more aware of yourself and how you're reacting or in the situation, what's going on inside you. Um, and he made the point that we don't always have control. We may have good intentions, but they won't always carry us through. Something more is needed. A lot more. And good intentions are very limited after a point, every time. Um, I love people and I re can respect what they want to do in a good way. But when it's coming from good intentions, and it doesn't have a lot to back it up, it usually goes haywire, goes down the wrong track. But that's not the, that's not the main point. I think, to me, the main thing today is to look at what's happening now. Start there, sure. practically. Now, that. we've seen mechanisms like this before, and the life we live, the people we deal with, we know what can happen. We know how, after a while, you do reach a point of frustration and anger. Um, if you've got a history, that most of all, most caregivers of different kinds have histories. Um, they, a lot of their sensitivities come out of those histories. 
So we know that, but if it's um, a history that has, oh, betrayals, abandonment, abuse, uh, trauma to it, um, it will eventually turn to anger. Um, that's one of the, those are some of the psychological components of anger. But you got to look at that and you got to go, well, okay, that's, we hear you, um, but that's the way we feel. And we're angry, and I'm mad at that guy right now, and I'm mad at that political person. And I have a right to feel that way. Yeah, and I, I am absolutely justified. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is, no, they're not. None of us are. Not when you start taking it out on your fellow man. And we're seeing an epidemic of that happening, and I think it's actually getting worse. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's not the way it should go. And they're very rarely, unless you're being abused and unless your your life is threatened um, no you don't have a right to start going at other people with anger and, and, and abuse and attacks no absolutely not but there are people that don't know that and there's many of them obviously these days um, that just indulge it and that let it take them over have they been the kind of people that really are paying attention to the the triggers within themselves what their body feels like, that they're starting to accelerate into an anger and eventually a rage. I think a lot of people don't. And no. nor do I think they even care. I think they're, uh, what we talked about in our last episode, 89, they're having that contaminated intuition. That their emotions are overriding their ability to see what the situation in front of them needs from them. Well, you know what, that's, we've heard so much lately about trust yourself and trust your own intuitions and your own readings on things. Oh, really? Ideally, absolutely. That's not what we're seeing. We're seeing people that have very contaminated and damaged intuition. And we've seen it literally, where people have come to us and they're, they're, somebody says that, and they misinterpret the whole thing, and their intuition is telling them, well, he's doing this to me and that, and we're sitting there and nobody's doing anything to them. And what we're realizing is, well, somebody did something to them at some point. It's been triggered. Their intuition is contaminated and, and bruised or wounded. And they believe somebody's doing it to them right now. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing those people, and we've seen some of them, they really believe they have really good intuition. And we look at it and go, they have the opposite. And they actually, then they react off of their misread, right. misread, excuse me, misread intuition, and they're off on an angry, abusive tangent. We've seen a lot of that. It's happening mm -hmm. on, a, on a big scale these days. So we're looking at that and we're going, you know what? We gotta take people to kind of step back and take a look at themselves and take a look at what led up to this. What, what, did, they, what did they miss? And what was their body telling them before they really got to the point of being very out of control with anger and rage and attacking? They didn't pay attention to their bodies. They don't know what their bodies are telling them. Our bodies tell us soon enough what's starting to build in us. And we kind of know ourselves. Even mm -hmm. if we, and most of us carry wounds and damage of one sort or another, we have to at least be aware of who we are and the effects of those things on us and what they've done, what, it, what impact it's had on us. That gives us a baseline of who we are. And that's very, very important to know ourselves that way. We also see our limitations. We see our, our wounds and our damage and our scars and our histories. And when you do that, you can take a more constructive step and you can really 
modify your your thinking and your mind your mind and your consciousness and you can begin to make changes instead of going at somebody angrily and and, and, and losing control or getting critical and provoking you can take a look at these things and go wait a minute where am I coming from what's this really about um, is this anger really about what's happening now um, now for, for a person to do that they have to come back and be a little bit more truthfully humble. The other thing you've mentioned that is that it takes in some ways some personal integrity to be willing to really kind of look at yourself and be a little more honest. I think a lot more honest and I think the word we call it integrity for sure and um, being honest with yourself and when we are and all of us too when we're, we're working with difficult situations and crises it will throw us back on ourselves and we'll discover our own humanity again. What does that mean? Our own limitations, our own wounds, our own vulnerabilities, our own pain. And all of a sudden, things begin to take on a different, uh, you see things a little bit differently, more honestly. And the first thing to do is to kind of own that. Not get judgmental, no. not get self-critical, because that is, all that is is turning anger and rage towards yourself. It's the same mechanism, only now you're turning against yourself. Not good. Um, neither one of those things is very constructive. But the key really is, what can you do about it? And the answer is plenty. Um, first of all, taking responsibility for who you are. And um, that's not always easy, because it's painful to do. It's painful to see that we're at the end of ourselves and our own capabilities. Now, for me, and for many people we've helped, there's a spiritual element to this, no question about it. To looking at, we're coming to the ends of what we've been capable of and who we are, and yet to realize there is hope, there's a lot more to us, but the truth is there's a power greater than we are. And that gives us a certain strength that we may not have to carry on and to use this stuff in a more constructive way. There's also, I've got to say, when we come to the end of ourselves, when you're talking spiritual, we've seen what they call spiritual warfare, and we're seeing a lot of it now, that we're also very vulnerable and open to some very evil, dark influence as well, um, because we're tired, we're broken down, we're scared, we feel shame, um, we feel like we failed somehow. Um, whatever it is, we, it all takes a negative turn because we're so vulnerable to it. We fall back into old coping mechanisms that really don't fit anymore. And we go back to old behaviors that didn't work then and they're sure not going to work now. We're seeing so much of this kind of thing go on. So our, our, the question to, uh, to, that we put out there is, to, to, I ask people to slow themselves down mm -hmm. before they go on the attack. They're, to not all of a sudden just consider themselves completely justified in what they're attacking and what they're criticizing and what they're abusing and what they're destroying. Things need to slow down. People need to be more honest. Um, and we, I'm not seeing, I, I'm afraid I'm not seeing a whole lot of that. None of us are right now. We're seeing a lot more suspicion, I'll tell you that, and a lot more distrust and antagonism. It seems to be getting worse. Um, the political process that's beginning to open up now is making things, just fueling the flames of what we're talking about and how dark and adversarial it is. And you don't hear much acknowledgement about the good things. You just hear attacks about everything else. 
Um, this is a time when people are on their edge. They're primed to take that stuff in because they're scared. They don't know what to do. They're at the end of themselves. This is a very unusual, dis uncomfortable time. So they're willing to go along with these attacks and instead of seeing through it and realizing that's not gonna help anybody. Um, so what you, what you opened up with today and what you brought up was, well, how do you convert these angry feelings, these pent up emotions into something that is, has compassion to it and caring for a fellow man and a deeper understanding? Well, there is a jump that we need to take yeah. Consciously, absolutely, it's uh, something that I could look at and realize, well, right now I could really let go and really go at it in a negative way because that's what I have a tendency to do or I don't have to do that. That's just, this isn't the time for something like that. And we need to stop ourselves and rethink mm -hmm. and slow ourselves down. The next part of it is, I think it's a very important part, is, okay, so we have those issues, our problems, and that we're being fed through the crisis, all kinds of negativity. But, you know, to me, what can we, what can happen, what can we do to circumvent that? What can we do to um, change our thinking mm -hmm. about situations that we feel angry about and, and, and instigated about? How do we turn into somebody who really takes a different view of things? Has a compassion rather That's than That's a huge anger. question. That is. I think it's, even people who want to can feel lost about how to make that kind of change in themselves. It's a big change. It yeah. takes a lot of work. I think it's, it's so important um, to this time, especially now, um, because one leads to burnout, one leads to anger and frustration and exhaustion emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually. The other one gives a certain resilience and renewal, an ability to come back to difficult situations with a renewed outlook, a fresh outlook. The situation still may be really difficult and rough, mm -hmm. but our response to it is what changes. And that's what we need to begin to commit to. Yeah. And, um, you know, that comes hard. I know it. But We're gonna... yeah, it's, a, it's a gift when you learn how to do it. Yes, and I want to make sure we get to that today. So let's take a break now yeah. and save some time to go over that next. Mm -hmm. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Just before our break, uh, Peter was getting down to the very heart of what we want to do today. I want to make sure you go away with some real clear, clear positive thing, which is it's so easy to fall into the trap uh, these days of being angry, scared, resentful, reactive, um, led on by the intense emotions that are going on all around us. Um, how do we not fall into that trap? How do we make a more positive, constructive choice? Well, you mentioned, you left out one thing. It's not just what's going on around us, it's what's going on within us. Within too. us, too. And to be, you can be one of the crowd and just fall into this, and we're seeing that happen mass, on massive levels, which is very disturbing. 
or you can begin to look at this thing as an individual and not be part of the, the herd mentality and understand yourself a little bit better and realize there's a better road to take even during these difficult times. Um, so what does it take for our, in our mindset? And I can speak for myself, I can speak for others. I, uh, I talked to Michael about it today, Phil's going to do an interview with us. And that, that is, well, what, kind of, what do we have to do with our thinking? The angry thinking that goes about, has vengeance to it, has really holding grudges, unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness. And I was telling Michael today, you know what, the kind of work that we do, and he's on the front lines too, mm -hmm. dealing with elderly, death, and dying, um, we've got to preserve our energies. And we can't indulge like other people have, and it's not good for anybody to do, because if we get caught up in negativity of other people, it begins to drain us. If our thinking goes toward resentments and grudges and bitterness and anger um, and get-backs, we're wasting a lot of our energy that we need for people who are, we have to be nourishing and nurturing and supportive. There, there's death, there's dying, there's aging, there's sickness. We, you know, people who are on the front lines, we got to preserve ourselves and our juice. I want to make sure, I want to say this because I want to make sure everybody got this. This is, this is so important. How many of us put up with or get into little things, big things in our life, and we just dwell on them, and we think, I'm so upset about this, I wish this were going differently. And then when something comes along, someone needs our attention, maybe it's our child, maybe it's our, our, someone we're caring for, and they need us to be compassionate and giving, and we're just, we're already burned out. Uh, you know, not the typical, I'm not talking typical burned out, but we, our reserves are so low, we can't respond. Mm -hmm. Because we've wasted our energy. Oh, that's right, and I know we've all done that plenty, I have too, plenty. But when you're really on the front lines and your life is challenged by tr true difficulties, real life difficult conditions, you become aware, more acutely aware of what a waste um, to go down these, these bad, these negative roads of discouragement, despair, and anger, and get-backs. Um, that's, that's a waste. And when you have someone in front of you who has a need for anything you could give them to, feel, to help them feel loved and comforted and protected during a very, very difficult transition in their life. That other stuff begins to fall to the wayside. Remember we had an article that we read that got a month ago, it was very good, um, a, theolog a theological professor from Duke um, wrote a paper uh, uh, and he talked about Ars Mariendi, which was a principles of the Middle Ages, it's the art of dying. And it talked about what people learned and how to handle it with these long dying processes, not the quick death, but, and there was so much to be learned. In the article, he really emphasized how important life becomes and that the things are un that people waste their time and energy on just fall to the wayside when you're dealing with things that are more important. And these other things just aren't very important anymore. And he was right. And he wrote a beautiful article, even though he was an intellectual theologian. Well, it turned out that he's taking care of his dying wife, and he's a younger man, and she's a younger woman. And what he talked about was how that experience has brought them to a point of really paying attention to what matters in life, living a more authentic, truthful, good life, 
with whatever you got left and that there'd be plenty of love in it and caring. Now, to me, I, I know because I'm living that way now too, um, and I always thought I was a pretty honest guy and had a lot of authenticity and truthfulness, but I got distracted by anger and bitterness and things like that. Now I don't even have the time. And one of the interesting things is it doesn't have to be just for the people. If we've had trauma in our pasts, it could just be in our mind. It can be in our bodies. And all of a sudden our mind is going to angry, triggered into angry, bitter memories. And I find for myself, and I've told, asked other people to learn how to do this too, I don't even let my mind do it. I stop it right there and go, don't go there. What a waste. You can feel justified all day long about holding grudges against this person for what they've done. And it would be, their behaviors did provoke and they, did, they, they were terrible and they still are. But is it worth it for me to put my energies even to thinking about that when I have more important things to deal with? That's kind of what needs to begin to happen and it's, it is taking responsibility. Um, and we all need to learn to do that. During these times, you know, we've always talked on a smaller scale, not anymore. No. This is a massive lesson, a lesson for the masses. I hope people are going to learn about this so they can change, do that. It's a jump in consciousness to something so much better. Um, it's definitely a spiritual change, no question, out of personal, psychological, emotional. It's also really important for our health. And that's what people need to understand too. Can people make themselves sick by going down that negative road? And the answer is yes. Absolutely. And the stress levels be bit, are bad enough, particularly now with people out of work and not knowing what's going to happen next. And be, oh yeah, people definitely can make themselves physically ill with the the building up, holding in, and uh, building up so much anger and frustration and fear. Oh yeah, and and they get stuck. Um, one of the resentments that I see happening in a lot of anger is about well, life isn't supposed to be this way. And I was raised to think that if I did it, went to school, had a good job, had money in the bank and, and uh, had respect in the corporations or whatever, that I had it made. And the truth of the matter is that's not holding up anymore. And that kind of thinking is something I've mentioned before and being in the world of psychology for so long and Frankly, I see myself outside of that now as a mentor and a, and a life coach for trauma recovery. It frees me up to see things differently, not just clinically. There was always this thinking of developmental psychology, it was called. Development, how things are supposed to go and the stages we're supposed to go through in our life. And it's, it's very linear progression. But it never made, um, there wasn't much room for disruptions. There wasn't much room for the effects of crisis and, and pain and loss. Well, I've been involved in my work, I've been involved in my own life long enough and other people's lives to know making room for understanding the impact of disruption and pain and things that can happen that can absolutely change the very core of who we are. It's like an attack. Um, that seems to be more what real life is about. Now, telling people that before didn't always come so easily unless they were in the midst of it. Now, people are seeing it and not knowing what the heck to do because it's, it's happening all over. Yeah. And we're dealing with life crises, we're dealing with disruption, we're dealing with change. 
and our minds have to be in a more flexible mode of thinking, not that linear, rigid mindset, but it's got to be something that's based more on growth and moving ahead and learning and growing and applying it to these new challenges. Um, I, th I think a lot of people are mad because life didn't work out the way they thought it would. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things they were counting on and were told would give them security and safety aren't happening anymore. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing these kind of changes. We're seeing the impact that it has on people too. And a lot of people are very resentful and mad that, hey, I was told that if I did this and this and worked this hard for this corporation and you know did my 401ks and my, had my financial security and my importance within the role I had, that that's all I needed to do. And what they're discovering is that's disappeared. And it happened, I remember, in the 2008 during the Great Recession. Yeah, same thing, only this one's much broader because it involves losing our health. Our health, too. And death and dying, too, so it's much worse. Um, but what happened was people didn't know what to do. They don't know what to do now. They're looking at this and going, this isn't what I was brought up to believe. And so they have a very fixed attitude about things, and it's a handicap. That's another energy drain, too, and it isn't is. it? That, that feeling that things should be different. Um, this is not the way it was supposed to be. That's another real waste of energy. And they're spinning them their wheels. There's other folks, and I will say I'm, I'm glad to be one of them. doesn't mean I don't go through the hardships of others I, like others I do. But when I see challenge and disruption, I look at it as an opportunity for change. I look at it as an opportunity, it develops a certain passion in me to get very creative. And it's, I guess, learning to survive the way I did, but it certainly has been brought up to date. And I begin to look at things differently. And I go, well, we can't sit around here spinning our wheels and worried about how things should have gone. They're not like that. New opportunities, there's new things happening here, and we need to embrace them and find out what they are so we can grow and adapt in very positive ways to these new changes. So I usually see these changes as it's, it's the, it's the uh, fertile ground for very positive change if we have a good attitude. So we have the hope and what we can learn from it, how we can grow from it, and how we can become deeper, more purposeful, more empathetic and caring people. And I think one of the, the things that's so important is to learn to be loving to learn to give of ourselves and care about others. This is a great opportunity for people to begin to look at. You may have it rough. I'll tell you what's the most valued, precious kind of giving is when you're hurting and you're still able to reach out and hurt, help somebody else. That's a more precious way of loving and caring for others. Go take a look. See the suffering and pain that people are going through. And instead of worrying about yourself so much and what you what's been taken away, um, help somebody. Go begin to help, give to others. Go take a look at how many homeless people are out there now. Not the ones that are broken down and look like they don't ever want to get off the streets. Look at other people. They, don't, they look like they wouldn't have been homeless. And yet when you talk to them, yeah. they can't even get on a homeless shelter because the homeless shelters are... The capacities have been reduced, and there's so many families that can't put enough food on the table That's either right, right now. I was it's reading about that today. My God, it's enormous. Yeah. The financial crises have hurt so many. Help some of them. Yeah. I mean, find out what they need. I find it to be 
heartfelt and interesting. Mm -hmm. If you take a little time to talk to these folks, sometimes they don't want to talk to you. They just need help. They just need your help. And to help them during this time is a way of giving. Mm -hmm. It's a way of being charitable and caring and getting out of yourself. It's also a very healing thing to do. Yeah. Um, I, I encourage people to start learning to give of themselves. Go look at what's happening around you and find that, take a look at how many people are in worse shape than you are. Give them some help. It doesn't have to be, if you don't have financial, of yourself, of what your capabilities mm -hmm. are. You can Share do, some of that. There's something you can do more than you might imagine. Mm -hmm. So you've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back for our final uh, segment, some questions and answers, after this short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny yeah. Stevenson. Uh, we're in our last segment, which includes some questions and answers. But before I get to that, I just want to uh, make sure that the two main things that Peter said in our last segment, I want to, to me, I distilled them down to two so that I hope you can take these away with you. He was answering the big question I posed at the beginning of the podcast, which is if you find yourself in a very negative mindset these days, angry, scared, uh, resentful, disappointed, despairing, how can you get yourself into a more positive, hopeful place? Peter mentioned two things, and the first was that to stay in a negative, despairing, angry, resentful place means you are wasting energy on things that aren't going to help you. You're obsessing or falling into a place where you're draining precious energy and not accomplish anything with it. The other point that he made is that um, when you take responsibility for that pattern and you can let go of it, you can start to remember what really does matter. What does really matter? And what it comes down to, bottom line, is love and compassion for others, okay. for yourself too, but for others. Caring for others, actively caring, uh, as well as being able to feel that inside. Well, it's one of the healing things that we've learned to give us resilience, because when we're in the midst of being, and this is where we're humbled and broken, when we give of ourselves to very difficult situations, our hearts break too. We're empathetic type of people. Um, our energy, we're more vulnerable to people's energy that we help. So we reach a point too of being heartbroken because we see what's happening and we can't always turn it around. So we feel that too. So during those times, you gotta ask yourself, what, would it, what will it take um, to get through this? Yes. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I have some questions. Oh, we're in the questions? We're in the questions. She's gonna, and she's smiling. This is supposed to be entertaining, you know, and we're dealing such a heavy subject, but I think a little entertaining attitude would be good too. Well. During these times. Well, and a little clear, I hope this is a little clarifying too, uh, because we've been on, a, like you said, this is kind of a heavy subject. Okay. So um, if I were out listening uh, to what you're saying, and I wanna do this, 
I want to be able to make this kind of shift. And I'm thinking to myself, am I just not trying hard enough? Is this a matter of willpower? Do I just need to try harder? What, what are they? What would someone feeling that way? What would they be missing? Is there? Are they missing something? Well, you're assuming that they are missing something, and I, it could be. Um, when people start putting a lot of pressure on themselves, and they're dealing with being emotionally exhausted, depleted, frustrated, angry, there's a lot of times they can become super critical, blaming others um, for what's happening and also blaming themselves and getting very hard on themselves. That's just another form of rage and anger that's self-abusive and, and negative against ourselves. That's not the kind of constructive responsibility we're talking about. Do I know people do it? I've done it. We've all done it. But it doesn't help. We're not talking about that kind of self-reflection and change of thought thinking. Um, first part is a little self-care would help there. When somebody reaches that point, they are just up to here with emotional burdens and responsibilities and pain. That's a hard time to turn anything around, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. The first thing you got to do is take care of yourself. Um, and that you got to give yourself permission to know, number one, it's not selfish. It's called self-care. And during these times, one of the ways of surviving and being resilient is understanding the need for self-care. It's an ongoing challenge when you're in the work that we're in, and the part of life we're in, and the part of life that a lot of people are in these days. We got to learn that we've got to take some time out for ourselves, and we got to replenish. We've also got to diffuse and decompress the buildup of pent-up emotion that we've been carrying. Um, we have skills and abilities on, on, on decompressing that, and it really does have to do with how much the body, which we call a reservoir of all this pain, and trauma is, is carrying. How much pain are we in? Um, I saw a very cute, I like uh, Yellowstone, uh, yes. it's one of my favorites. Yes. But um, one of the episodes, it was last night actually, uh, the, what was it, um, what's his name? Uh, You're for head, further ahead than I me. Know, I know. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not him. It's the young son that's t taking over management. Jamie. Uh, huh? Casey. 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 And his wife. Monica. Monica. And it was uh, a Native American. Don't uh, volunteer to find out some, uh, find someone who was murdering and, and raping Indian women. Anyway, she put herself in a position that she was very well monitored and protected, but she put herself in a position that was very scary. Um, eventually, they, they killed the guy who was, and she was the victim. And even though she wasn't truly hurt, I mean, just to be in that presence was very painful. And uh, she did a good job, and, and the, uh, the commissioner, uh, the Indian commissioner, was very happy and grateful for her. But I remember afterwards, she was, she was talking to her husband, and she awakened a couple of days, and she said, my body hurts so much, I am in so much pain. And she had all these things that she wanted to do, be a good mother, she wanted to go to his parent-child meetings, whatever. And uh, Casey looked at her and he said, and he's a guy who's been involved in lots of bad stuff and painful stuff. Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah, I know what that feels like. I know when you've been in painful situations, I hurt like that plenty of times. Anyway, he tried to convince her that she needed to slow down and take care of herself. Mm -hmm. And to let go of some of these official 
kinds of things that she wanted to do as a mother and um, in the community. And since she was in so much pain, the first thing she needed to do was slow down and rest because she'd been through a trauma. And he was right. That we would have said the next part of it after that is to find somebody to help her decompress the trauma and the emotional energy and emotion and psychology and to help her with trauma recovery. She was traumatized. Her yeah. body was carrying the pain of that. I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but, what people need to do, first of all, is, number one, not to be hard on themselves, but the other thing is to take responsibility without being hard on themselves and critical right. for what their body's telling them and the pain that they're in, and take care of that first, that self-care. Then you'll be able to take care of others better. Okay, good. That is good, right to the point. Uh, let me follow that up with another one that's, that's somewhat similar, and so probably won't need as long an answer for this one. Um, what about someone who feels that they can't get hold of inside them the desire to care about anyone? And in fact, what they hear when we're talking about this is they almost feel ashamed. They're saying, what's wrong with me that I don't feel any desire to find out how to be loving and compassionate. <laughs> well, that is kind of It's a lot of the same lines, I it know. It is, and you and I can attest to, we've all felt that way at times. Um, we had a lot more practice in getting through that, though. Um, you hit that point. It's a despair, it's a hopelessness, it's a discouragement. It is a form of emotional exhaustion and psychological exhaustion and spiritual depletion. Um, there's a name for it. I know the military uses it, and it's called moral injury. We call it bankruptcy of the soul. When people have been through such hard times that um, questions like that begin to come up, and I mean the intensity behind it is really... It's there. real, yeah. It's real. Yeah. So, yeah, that can happen. And um, there is usually a lot of rage in that one, shame and frustration, all of that. It's all part of that cycle of anger. Um, first thing yeah, is you're going to need to you got to do some self-care here, not to take it out on other people and keep blaming everybody else. Um, to take a look at what you're doing to yourself and to others to reach that kind of hopeless despair and discouragement and fearfulness is what's really. Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to realize you're going to need some help and support, yeah. um, and you're going to need our, the kind of help we give at our institute is we call it trauma recovery. It doesn't have to be psychotherapy, but they do need to realize they're going to have to get some help in getting rid of that, so they can begin to come back in a more refreshed state. Mm -hmm. which is definitely possible. It is possible. But you've got to go through it enough times to realize that. Because yeah. we all hit that now with the kind of work we do. It's kind of part of the cycle. But we've been through it so many times we know, okay, so we need a good cry. Or we need to let out some of this anger and frustration that's in us. How many times do we come back to f go back to very difficult situations with a new ability to be responsive, to be caring and not reactive? Mm -hmm. For me, it's thousands of times. We can find it within us. And that's why I can be doing this for 50 years and still feel very passionate. Mm -hmm. um, and you've been doing it a long time, too, and many people that work for this and for us the same way. But we know that you can come back and get back on your feet. Yeah. Once you do it and get some help with it, you'll realize it's not hopeless. You and you will begin to care about others again. But at that point, you better take care of yourself first. Yeah. 
I want to leave time for the last question because I want to leave people with, we always want to leave people with more hope. And my last question is, my last question is, what will people miss? What will they miss out on uh, if they allow themselves to really just stay into uh, old pain, old anger, old resentments? What will they miss by not moving past that? out into the world of caring for other people? Well, that's a good question. It's a thoughtful question. They're going to miss a lot. And they're going to miss the... They're going to not feel the love of their fellow man, I'll tell you that. They're not going to see things very positively anymore or hopeful. Um, the other thing that, it, what, that happens is they won't have the energy to overcome um, and to move forward, which is very important, instead of moving back or staying stuck in negativity. Um, you've got to have that, that hope gives us this passion, this energy to overcome the emotion and physicality that we are burdened by. And we're able to get beyond it. And we have to be able to let go and embrace, um, when I say hope, but we have to embrace what it, the energy that it's going to take to overcome and get through it. Because we can't always see, when we're in the midst of it, the positive outcome. In fact, it's hard. But yes. when you have hope, the nice thing about it is deep down you know that something good is going to come out of this. There's purpose. There's something in this that's going to prove to be pretty darn good, even though I don't know what it is yet. Mm -hmm. And that gives us the energy. And if we embrace that kind of thinking, we can overcome an awful lot of emotion and physical um, handicap. And I know I'm inspired many, with many stories and many people I know that have had the most horrible burdens to carry physically, emotionally, and everywhere. And to watch them overcome and to work through it and get through to the other side brings me to tears every time. Mm -hmm. And um, I've seen so many stories like that and I've lived through them and I'm, I'm with people that can come through the other side to me that gives you renewed hope for the human race and for the human spirit. There are others that I know I'm not going to be able to see that, that I'm going to, the best I can do is make them comfortable and love them and care for them and oversee protecting them and doing whatever they take to their last days. To me, that's positive too. And I want to, I'm, for me, I always want to feel like I don't have any regrets that I didn't do what it took. Um, and I ask other people to keep that in mind when things are rough. Do whatever you can so you don't want work out, come to the point of being having such regrets that you didn't give it your best. Mm -hmm. Even though the outcome was you couldn't save that person and it wasn't in your hands anyway, it's in God's hands, um, you gave it your best. That's what really matters. And you're going to come away, yes, heartbroken, but feeling good about yourself that you know you did your best and that the person you helped deep down knew that you were giving them they your all that too. too. Yeah. They knew that too. Yeah, so it's a much more loving, selfless embrace of life. Mm -hmm. And it's so much better. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a lot of resilience to go on. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We can sign off now, but I don't want to rush it. Um, I will say, I'll start by saying that if you haven't gotten your copy yet, uh, Steve, our producer, cameraman, RN Whiz, put together a nice booklet uh, with principles uh, for how to, they're principles for life, 
really, and How to Work Through Difficult Times from Peter. It's a nice little booklet. If you, if you let me know, Jenny, at BernsteinInstitute.com, I will send you one of these. We'd love for you to have one. Um, let me also say that the Survivor's Guide to Life is made possible through a grant from Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 uh, charity that relies entirely on donations to do the good work that it does, which includes bringing us to you. We, we hope that if we've been of value to you, they'll consider making a donation to sctraumatreatment.org. And our podcast, our website, is thesurvivorsguidetolife.com, where you'll find our, our, the audio version of our podcast and several resources. But we also have a YouTube channel uh, where you'll find the video version, uh, us in person, uh, doing what we do. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Please like and share and let us know. Give us feedback. We would love to know if you have any questions, uh, what we've done that worked for you, what we, you needed to hear that we didn't get to. Please let us know. Um, also, if you have a question for Peter or I, you can reach us at 707-781-3335. And, oh, my email, Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, at BernsteinInstitute.com. Thank you for listening.